0: I hope it was good. Mine was. I got. I just got home about maybe two or three hours ago from seeing Top Gun. Top Gun Maverick. Great show. Great movie. And he puts in a lot of uh, what they call Easter eggs in there, too. Dedications to the fighter pilots. And not only the, the Navy fighter pilots, but the Air Force fighter guys, too. In there. I'm not going to give it away. But anybody that's an airplane buff and follows military um, aircraft, You'll see it right away. The first uh, couple scenes of the movie, you'll notice it right away. I know I did. But it's a good movie. Go see it. It's all good. I don't want to start doing movie reviews. Not Not my gig. Anyway, what is my gig is being here with you guys in the evenings. 6.30 to 7.30 every day. Six days a week, right? Yeah, six days a week now. My name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour. I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team. Based out of Sacramento, California, we are 45 strong up and down the state of California. And what that means is that if you have a paranormal issue that you need help with, give us a ring, shoot me an email, do a PM on Facebook, because we can get to you. And if we don't live near your county, we'll get people into your county. That's how we work. We also have people, get this, in Oregon, Washington, Nevada, and Hawaii. So we are everywhere. And we don't charge for our services. We're here to educate people about the paranormal. You know, we're not going out to look for ghosts, even though that's what we do. We go out first and we look at, I'm a journalist, right? I have people on my staff who are nurses, and I have people on my staff that are former police officers. So when we go out, we're looking for that that logical explanation. Like Nancy said last last Friday, I have to, I have, to have that logical thing going on. It's what I do. And then if we can't find any logical answers for what's going on with you, then we start looking at the paranormal card. Yeah. Now, that's leading me into tonight's guess. Okay? If you're watching real quick, if you're watching this show from YouTube, please subscribe. Uh, you can have updates on all the shows we're doing. It's that little ghost down at the bottom right-hand corner. Just click on that. But this leads me into my guest tonight, Mr. Don Allison. Mr. Don Allison is also a journalist, just like me. And like Nancy said Friday, journalists, we have to have it right in front of us, just the facts, man. We're almost like police officers in a lot of ways because we have to be able to put the story together just like anybody else. And we look at all sides. That's the other thing, too, is we look at all sides of the story. We have to stay neutral, that's our job. But when a journalist runs into something they can't explain, It's mind blowing, just like just like it is for anybody else. And Mr. Allison had an experience, and I want to let him tell you about it because he'll probably tell you better, you know, do a better job of it. But he had an experience, and after that experience, of course, he had more experiences, because that's usually how these things work. But uh, I'm really excited to have him on. Um, I think I think you're going to be really interested in his story, because I've always said that everybody's born with psychic abilities we just don't we just kind of hide them as we get older because other things happen life happens and all it takes is one trigger one event to trigger that which is why you will probably you know you, you might not see a ghost but at some point you'll you, you'll see one you know if it does happen to you and then after that you see more because it it is because that event has opened that that hidden door you know that that was hidden for so long Anyway, I want to let him tell his story to you guys because I think it's better if he does not Okay, let me bring him in. Ooh, my button. There we go. Hello, sir. Hello. How are you today?
1: Doing well. How about yourself?
0: I'm doing really good. I'm really interested in your story. I mean, I mean, we we had a, we have similar careers yet different. You know. But uh, you know we're both trained journalists, so I'm I'm really interested in in, in your experiences.
1: Yeah, it's uh, paranormal is not something that I went looking for; it really came looking for me.
0: So tell me, let's uh, tell everybody about your background, and then we'll go into that. You know how that how all that transpired.
1: Well, I've. Uh... I am retired now, though I still write a weekly column that doubles as my blog, but I was a editor of a daily newspaper in Northwest Ohio for many years. I've worked in the field of journalism since uh, the late 1970s. And now I publish history and paranormal books, author and publisher, do some some true crime um books through our publishing company but uh but yeah and paranormal investigating is part of what i do
0: and what okay now now we can segue into all this what got you into paranormal investigating
1: um the investigating part well really the paranormal what got me interested is our house Mm -hmm. Uh, the house that i'm living in now that i'm uh, talking to you from now It's an 1835 house, Northwest Ohio, and it was in very poor shape. We had to work on it for years before we moved in, and uh, we started having things we could not explain. Uh, You would hear footsteps when no one is there. You would hear doors open and close, hear uh, steps going on. We would have odd electrical things happen, and... uh, it just, at first I thought I was losing my mind, but as we got into it, started looking into what's going on, doing some research into to these things, it turns out, yes, these are very real occurrences.
0: When it first started happening, I know, I I, I grew up in a haunted house, and uh, my mind's not quite as old as yours, that you're living in, but... I remember people, you know, when I when, when I first started coming to them, I, I was a kid. You know, and of course, the first thing they think is, oh, it's your imagination. It's all this going on, you know, but the stuff kept happening and happening. And finally, when my father became elderly, he started seeing stuff. And he went, oh, my God, I saw that. Did you see that? So what was it like, you know, as a journalist, you know, because you're like like you deal with facts. I deal with facts. Having to wrap your head around all that.
1: It was difficult, to say the least. I started talking about what was going on with my coworkers at the newspaper, and they were fascinated by it. I guess it made me feel good. They know me, and they know, hey, if if I am experiencing these things, there's something to it. Yeah, I wouldn't be making this up or hallucinating, although I question my own sanity a little more than maybe they question my sanity, but... But, but yeah, they encouraged me to, to talk about it, to look into it, and eventually to write about it.
0: What kind of things were happening?
1: Um, the most common was footsteps, very clear footsteps. Um, a good way to describe the one set of steps is uh, I sounded like a heavy set man with leather sole boots. And some of it, I believe, is residual. Uh, you would sometimes hear uh, the front door open, hear the steps go down the hall or up the stairs. And uh, I would investigate no one was there. You heard the door open, but yet I would and not close, but you'd look, the door was still closed. But then other times um, they would react to you. You would speak out, they would stop, or they would keep ahead of you if you would go after them. Another set sounded like a barefoot child. Those would always occur upstairs. And I would go investigate, nothing's there. The one room had a water damaged floor, and even a child would have fallen through spots of the, the rotted floor, but nobody fell through the very heavy dust and no footprints. But, yeah, they, they were there.
0: Hey, can I ask you, uh, you where's that? Is this a house in Ohio?
1: Yes, it is. Northwest okay. Ohio.
0: Okay, okay. And what did you find out about the history of the house?
1: Uh, lots of interesting history. It was built uh, by a War of 1812 veteran. He actually was one of the first circuit uh, court judges in this area. And Apparently wealthy, he would uh, found a town, plat it out, sell the lots, move on, and, and do this again. And he actually established a town just south uh, of where uh, the house is. He had built a log cabin initially, um, served as a store, um, a church. And then he had this, this brick house built, and it was his final home. He had a mill built on the creek back of the house. Very interesting fellow.
0: So I guess he liked it so much he didn't want to leave.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, that seems to be be the case. Although I don't know if he is one of, of the spirits, because he died in 1846, okay. his, um. So his kids had the house. It was an Underground Railroad house.
0: Oh boy.
1: I don't know if when he had it, but I know his uh, his daughter and son in law were kind of the movers and shakers of the Underground Railroad, and they had the house for a time.
0: There's a lot of stories about houses in the South like that, you know, that that had been with the Underground Railroad and, and a lot of activity in them.
1: Uh, yeah, and the the people uh, who are the owners after the Perkins family, uh, mm-hmm. Judge John Perkins was, was the, the judge who had the house. Um, Henry and Margaret Miller they had uh, four sons serving the Union Army during the Civil War. The sons grew up here from 1850 on. Two of the sons did not make it home.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: And Henry and Margaret uh, both died in 1863 in September, just about three weeks apart, um, probably due to a fever of some sort, uh, some sort of disease. It was very common uh, malaria-type diseases. This was the old Great Black Swamp.
0: Um. It sounds like they were pretty benign, though. I mean, did they start moving objects around or anything like that?
1: Uh, yeah, they, they do move objects. Um, and part part of it is is electrical things. And we didn't have electricity turned on at the house. There was a lot of water damage, so we just used generators and so forth. But radio stations, the radio would come on and turn off by itself, battery-powered or plugged into a generator. Uh, The stations would change on their own, which could be irritating sometimes. Um, I would be listening to one thing. The radio station would change. Um, I'm a Detroit Tigers fan, and... uh, one of the favorite things would be to get a Cleveland Indians game on the
0: radio. <laughs> <laughs> well, you live in Clea—you live in Ohio. It makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, it does. We live near the Michigan border, so the, the t- Detroit Tiger part comes into play, too.
0: Well, you know, that's kind of interesting, though, when you think about the possible dates of the ghosts that could be living in there. I don't think they're, the Indians were around the Detroit Tigers back then
1: no um we uh, i have we have a medium friend who has never been here. We've talked to her on the phone and she has uh, has pointed out um Henry and Margaret Miller are two of the uh two of the spirits that she has have come through to her another one we don't know the name, but she uh believes he's from the nineteen sixties
0: that would make sense in uh, there yeah
1: and and we don't know. Who he might be once on um, on an obelus, I did get the name Nathan. Okay. And uh, but uh, we do live on a U.S. highway. Uh, There have been some accidents through the years in this area, so maybe that's an explanation. Really don't know. I'd like to know more about uh, who this is, but (laughs) he does not like rock music. Uh, Once I was was cutting floorboards. And listening to a classic rock station, and every time a, a rather kind of upbeat, maybe louder song came on, the radio would turn off. And after the third time, this was one of the first times I ever spoke out loud. I said, look, I said, leave the radio alone. I like the music. Just don't mess with my radio. I heard a few songs, and then the song Saturday Night's Alright for Fighting by Elton John came on. The radio did not turn off. The generator outside turned off. <laughs> I just had, I stood in the dark and just laughed. And <laughs> what do you That's do? Funny.
0: <laughs> That's funny. Well, that would explain his, the, the, the thing with the baseball, though, because it, it's about the right time period.
1: Yeah. And, and you another know time-
0: doesn't like, You know, he if he doesn't like rock, you can kind of think about that too and kind of, you might be able to kind of gauge his age a little bit, too. He might have been from, like, the 30s or something, you know, somewhere along yeah. in there.
1: Yeah, it could be. My my, my uh, medium friend, uh, you know, just just pegged him as he does not like rock, and he's a country, country uh-huh. music.
0: Okay, okay, okay.
1: And he also likes, uh, I went to the University of Toledo, our, our, uh, our tribal's Bowling Green, State Uh University, once my wife and I were working outside, had the radio going, the radio kept turning to a Bowling Green State University men's basketball game. No matter (laughs) what station we put it on, it within 30 seconds went back to the basketball game. We gave up, left it on the basketball game. Once the basketball game was over, we could listen to any station we wanted.
0: That's funny. That's funny. So, do you have agreements with them at all? I mean, do you, you, you talk to them and say, look, you know, like, like in my house, my agreement is I know you're here. You know, I know you're here. Just don't scare me. That, that, that's my agreement with the ones I have.
1: I have asked that they not destroy things. We have had on occasion things get thrown mm-hmm. um, once, and it's really odd. I put on, a, I installed a sliding door. Uh, My office that I'm in now was a bedroom originally, a rather small bedroom, and the door had been removed. We figured out to, to become the front door of an 1869 edition, but maybe that's neither here nor there, but I got an 1870s pocket door that I installed to save space. And when I went to install the track for the sliding door, Mm -hmm. All the batteries in my drills, I had three drills with extra batteries. They all went, the batteries went dead immediately, something Mm -hmm. that happens on occasion. So I felt like, gee, they don't want this door installed. Mm -hmm. So I used a plug in drill, got it installed. The first day after the doors installed, I worked in my office all morning. Went to the other part of the house to have lunch. When I came back, the door was closed. Now This door, it took my wife and I both to lift it to to get it into place. Mm -hmm. The second day, the same thing happened. I knew for sure I had not closed it the second time. Third day, the same thing. This time when I opened it, came in and sat down a can of compressed air over by my computer I was down at the desk. The compressed air flew across the room, fell down, and broke. When I retrieved that, um, a, a couple of books on my bookshelf were thrown and took out a commemorative mug and broke that. So yeah. I spoke out loud and said, look, I, you can be here. That's fine. But don't be breaking my stuff. Mm-hmm. And once since then, they threw a clock off of my desk here. And again, I said, look, no, don't be destroying things. That's the last time that happened. That was probably eight or ten months ago. Well,
0: that's good, though. I mean, it, you know, it, it's not bad. Really, if, if if they're decent ghosts, if we want to put it that way, yeah. it's not hard to live with them in your house.
1: No, it, it it isn't. And these are, the for the most part, very, very benign.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. So um, what about at night, the, 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 like when you guys go to bed at night, do you, you still hear the footsteps and the noises and stuff?
1: Yeah, the, we hear um, around the bedroom and sometimes in the hallway the barefoot uh, footsteps I mentioned earlier. We believe we know who she is. She was a little girl. She died, unfortunately, of bone cancer. Um, in the early 1880s and she was only about maybe seven or eight years old, uh, this was not her house, but it was her grandparents' house. Okay. And we believe that's who uh, that's who it is. but she you will hear her kind of walk around the outside of the room or out in the hallway. but my wife has a necklace stand on a dresser and you will see, like she's playing with the necklaces. You'll actually see them move and you can hear them. And she will play with the uh, door of the wardrobe in the room. You'll, you'll hear it move.
0: Well, you know, I just think it's nice because you, you pretty much know who it is. I think it, it's spooky when you don't know who it is.
1: But uh, I was at a, actually a conference in a medium was talking to somebody else. I walked by, did not know her from Adam. She didn't know who I was, but she, she stopped talking to the person with her, looked at me and said, you have a little girl. And I said, excuse me out of the blue. And she said, I'm sorry, you have a little girl with you. And she proceeded to describe, um, what, and I should backtrack because we were having a clothes washer installed. And, uh, A guy, one of the men there kind of freaked out, and he started going, excuse me? I was talking to his coworker. He's at the foot of the stairs with the new clothes washer. He says, can I ask you a question? I said, why did you hear something? I said, things happen here, and often, like, people working will stir it up. He says, no. He said, I saw something, and I'm majorly creeping out right now. And he proceeded to describe a little girl, and he said he knew something was wrong because she was in very old-fashioned clothes, like a a knee-length dress, sounded like a play dress or night dress from the Uh 1800s, but she looked out from our bedroom, the middle bedroom, and stepped out to the top of the stairs and looked him in the eye, and he said uh, that he knew something wasn't right because the clothes were out of style. He said she had brown curly hair, and he said the dress was dirty. And uh, then she turned to walk back into the room, and it, it freaked him out. I didn't know if he was going to defecate or run away or both. But <laughs> I said, don't run. We wanted the, the new clothes washer. We needed it. So, but the medium then that I encountered later proceeded to describe this very same spirit. In even more detail, and that rather got my attention, to say the least.
0: Oh, it, it would be too. Um, maybe you know, maybe she hangs out there too because if it was her grandparents' house, that was a happy place for her to be.
1: That's that's our theory, and the uh, and I asked the medium, well, "Why does she hang? Why would she be here?" And the medium said, "She likes you," and then she said, "She's always in the background. You'll hear her." Be aware of her, but she doesn't come up close. And that's very true. She'll walk around the the um, perimeter of the room or the hallway outside the door, but she doesn't approach us.
0: Have you fed, has it been the same ones all along, or do you think you're attracting more?
1: Um, I try, I do not investigate the house. Uh, I used an ovulus once because our bird was playing peekaboo. We have a parrot. And he was playing peekaboo with something in the dining room. We're in the adjoining living room, and he's looking in. (laughs) And he's talking and and bobbing his head. So uh, I I took the bird in the room, and he's focused in in the corner. So I walked over to the corner, and it was very cold. I mean, it felt like about 20 degrees colder than the rest of the room. So I, I did get an ovulus out and ask, you know, is there someone here? Got, got some answers. Yeah, so what's your name, Nathan?
0: Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Well, I can understand that. I, I've got a cockatiel. Yeah, it's either when I get up in the morning, it's saying words I didn't teach it. <laughs> or I'll maybe fall asleep out of the couch and at 2 or 3 in the morning, it's talking to somebody. Mm-hmm. And so I can tell somebody's standing in the cage because the bird's responding. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah, I go through that too. It's just, yeah, awesome I, to hear somebody else talk about it. It is.
1: I've, uh, yeah, uh, one uh, one person I know said, gee, maybe you should get EVP by Parrot. <laughs> because our bird does talk. So.
0: <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. But now, once, go
1: ahead. Oh, one, uh, one time, about three days in a row, I heard what sounded like a woman coughing in the living room down the hall from my office. It happened about 3 in the afternoon, but that's really strange because I was home alone. I went down and investigated. But the third day that it happened, the bird started imitating a cough. And he will do that to my wife and I. I thought, okay, so I'm not hearing things. The bird heard it too.
0: That's crazy. I mean, not crazy. I mean, to somebody listening from the outside of this, to me, it's like normal stuff because I go through it all the time. Or the dog will focus. Like, right now, I I have a two-year-old dog that I just got. And I don't know what it is that's over in the, like, left-hand upper corner of my living room. But she gets up on the back of the couch and and stands there and stares at it. So I have no clue what it is. So it's like, can you not do that when I'm in the room? I don't want to know, you know?
1: (laughs) animals do have that that sense, I believe.
0: Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when your journalism mind was trying to make sense out of it, because I know I did that too, you know, you're trying to find the logical answers. What, 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 what what did your mind tell you at first was going on?
1: I knew that it was something, but I just, I tried to push it away. Like, no, no, it can't be. But other people would be working and helping me out. They would hear the things, experience it. Um, Sometimes we would smell um, tobacco smoke, like a sweet pipe tobacco, and other people would smell it. I have a friend who was very skeptical, and he was like, no, 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 this can't be. But he and his wife were visiting, and he smelled the pipe tobacco smoke.
0: Hmm.
1: And that kind of, kind of won him over to it so it's interesting because uh we were talking about the the little girl ghost Mm -hmm. and that she had been seen and my friend he's a fellow historian he he decided to research who it might be and he came up with the same little girl that we did not knowing who we thought it was and what's really weird is, is his was actually his like great aunt it's a relative of his
0: wow Talk about coincidences. So then, you go to the battlefield, right? Or did this happen before all this?
1: Uh, this was during, the, okay. During during this, yeah. Well, before, um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, we had moved into the house by this point, but mm-hmm. but yeah, that was still ongoing.
0: So what? Why did you go to the battlefield? Was it just a historical curiosity you had, or were you working on a story? Or well,
1: you- yeah. I've I've been a, a civil war historian researcher on the side for many years, um, you know, written books on the subject and, uh-huh. and so forth. But my grandson and I would go to historical sites over spring break.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And the one spring we chose Gettysburg. He was 14 at the time, and so we went for the history, not for the hauntings. But I registered as a journalist, and one of the things that I was offered um, through their their tourism marketing group was a free ghost investigation. And so I said, Connor, do you want to do this? He said, yeah, Grandpa, that sounds cool. So I thought this was just a touristy hoax thing, Mm -hmm. but it turned out it was not. We had some very real experiences that just left me like, trying to decide if this was real or I was being somehow hoaxed or what was up.
0: Well, to lead up to this, did had you seen any apparitions at your house at all?
1: I had not at that time seen anything beyond my wife and I saw a shadow figure.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: once shortly after we moved in, I heard footsteps come down the hall. My wife had just left uh, to run into town. And I heard the steps, I got up, looked down in the hallway, Not, no one was there. I sat back down, the steps resumed, came in behind me. Where I'm sitting now, there's a lamp behind me. Um, the steps passed behind me, cast a shadow on the wall. A very, it looked like a large man's silhouette. I felt very cold as the steps passed behind me and went into the, uh, to the library then, the next room over
0: okay so what what exactly did you see at the battlefield that first trip
1: uh well at the battlefield we didn't see anything we had a a ghost box mm-hmm. um the the young lady who who led us on this uh investigation saw a shadow figure and uh, the way she reacted i believe she did my grandson also saw a shadow figure and it obviously you know got got his attention Mm-hmm. But it was. We went to Saks Bridge, a covered bridge that was crossed by both sides, and that entire area was a field hospital. And it had. Been, it was crowded when we first got there. We were getting nothing. It was to be a two-hour investigation, and other than the shadow figures, I was underwhelmed. Is maybe a good way to put it. But just before we were to leave, we had the bridge to ourselves. We started getting hits with a ghost box, spirit box. Is anyone with us? Yes. Uh, how many of you are with us? Seven, eight, nine. Well, this is interesting. Um, and number of answers, but then it, it started, uh, you know, we weren't getting anything. So we we're getting ready to leave. The, the young lady leading investigation went back to her car uh, to warm it up. It was a rather cool, you know, I guess it was late March uh, evening. And while she was gone, I thought, okay, if there's anything to this, you know, I said, uh, do you like jokes? And I got a clear, yes. Okay, that's interesting. I'll see, is this really a soldier we had gotten the year 1863 by the way when when she had asked what year it was but it's mm-hmm. a, do you like music and it was like i had insulted the spirit he said of course and my grandson he's 14 years old and he was used to things happening in our house so he said can you play for us and i didn't think to ask that and uh the spirit says yes we started getting guitar music through the guitar and and i know this was not like anything going on like from the car because uh the lady turned the car off and i had never heard music coming from the car it was not a car radio she came back this music's going on and her eyes just got wide and her jaw drops staring at the spirit box with this music um and then uh, higher pitched i thought it sounded like a mandolin but she thought it was a piano came in this music over we couldn't recognize the tune but it sounded civil war period music fading in and out and after a while it quit and i said wow you're good the voice says thank you so can you play some more Yes, so it started coming up, and this time harmonica kicked in. And I'm thinking, okay, this has got to be a hoax. They're trying to pull one over to get a good write-up from this journalist visiting. Mm-hmm. But, um, but now we, the music finally faded out. We started getting answers to questions, you know, mm-hmm. and we got a name uh young lisa's gonna give us your name Was three syllables we couldn't quite make it out it was like me on and then a hard like gs at the end Mm -hmm. and this kept repeating and she said can you enunciate more clearly it's like this entity wanted us to know the name but finally we couldn't get it but we got different things how old are you 20 um you know were you a soldier? Yes. What state were you from? We couldn't quite make it out. So I started naming states. And when I said Ohio, I said, yes, Ohio. And my grandson and I each had a k two meter, and we had gotten like nothing on these things all night both of our k i said yeah we're from ohio my grandson's from ohio the k2 meters went clear to the highest level the needle stayed there for a while hmm. but yeah the investigator right beside us hers did not move rather odd but and then he said captain captain that was on And got some other things, and then finally it it started to fade out. But then um, the investigator asked, were you hurt? And we got, and this still gets to me to this day, this blood-curdling male scream of, like, total anguish, and then a woman crying, and just like, wow. At this point, some people came in the other end of the bridge, and we, we wrapped it up. And I'm thinking, okay, did they is somehow pull a hoax on this? I peppered this young lady with all kinds of questions. And mm-hmm. She seemed very sincere. She said she had never heard music. She said this was like a 9.5 on a scale. Of, it's a 10 from investigations. She was pretty impressed by it. So when I got home, I was going to prove how we had been hoaxed. Uh-huh. <clears throat> so... <clears throat> I looked into how ghost boxes work, and now they, uh, excuse me, the pollen's getting to me a little bit here.
0: <laughs> That's okay.
1: Get a drink. Uh, so I looked into how ghost boxes work. No, you can't broadcast to them. They're just scanning radio stations using the white noise. But I thought, okay, were there any captains more from Ohio mortally wounded or killed at Gettysburg? So I did the research. Yes, there were seven. One of them, the name Malon Briggs, three syllables on RGS at the end. Uh, Malon Briggs was wounded and captured on the first day's fight. And uh, the Saks Bridge area, some of the worst wounded Union prisoners were brought there and left there. Well, he died during the second day, possibly at Saks Bridge. So hmm. that 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 one uh, that impressed me. I even found his photograph uh, in my research, and actually his picture is on the cover of the book that came out of this I met a ghost at Gettysburg
0: that's that's absolutely fascinating. and that would be i mean if i if I was out on the investigation, that would be a lot of evidence, a lot. Hmm. That's pretty awesome. So did yeah. you uh, did, did, you wrote a book about this, right?
1: correct uh and it really it explores really it's the subtitle Well, the title is i'm at a ghost at gettysburg a mm-hmm. uh, journalist's journey into the paranormal is the subtitle i didn't want to write this book my wife had a lot to do with this twisted my arm my co-workers at the newspaper said you need to write about this so i did i thought it would be one book and done but it opened uh, a lot of new doors for me
0: did you go back to Gettysburg?
1: Uh many 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 times actually my wife and i honeymooned there a long time ago but
0: mm-hmm. so when you went it, back I, did you did you do any investigating at all
1: uh yeah i i, I now go there um several times a year and do a lot of paranormal investigating Uh, my favorite place is uh, a Confederate Field Hospital it was the old Sanders Farm and actually some friends of my wife and I from the Detroit area purchased that property and they uh, now actually have people come in to do paranormal investigations as part of how they make their living Place is incredibly active.
0: Hmm. So, uh, um, who else has spoken to you? The, you know, on the battleground.
1: On the battleground, uh, the one of the unfortunate things is the National Park Service will not allow ghost hunting equipment, investigative equipment, on the field. They will actually confiscate the equipment and cite you.
0: Wow. Uh, they,
1: they, they use the rationale that an electromagnetic uh, you know, field meter can be used to find me- metal relics in the ground. Of course, that is That's the less rationale they use. Um, but uh, I have seen entities on the battlefield, um, which was mind-blowing. But I've done a lot of investigating outside of the battlefield where you can't investigate like the the sanders Uh uh, farm. i actually have a a ghost that if i'm in the basement of their facility will uh talk to to me with the ghost box he'll ask for me when i'm not there and we believe he is he is a young black boy who was a probably a camp servant to one of the Confederate officers that was mm-hmm. wounded there. Who knows, he may have, he may have been wounded uh, or, you know, gotten sick and died there. We don't know, but his name's Jackson.
0: Okay. When you talk about seeing entities, what types of entities have you seen there?
1: Um, the, the most incredible experience I had was uh, a little over two years ago. I was there with a medium friend, and I just wanted to get her impressions of, of that. It's actually a little round top, and I had family who fought there. And we were at the Alabama Monument, and I w- we were talking. It was just um, getting to be dusk, <clears throat> and I saw four semi transparent Confederate soldiers walking up toward us from behind her, and I had never seen anything like it. I was dumbfounded. Mm -hmm. She spun around and said, don't sneak up on me like that. I saw four of them. She said a fifth one continued on that I did not see. But they actually backed up when she said that and stood there looking at us. So these were intelligent. They were reacting to us. Um, They were, I could tell they were Confederate soldiers. These had guns. Um, One had a blanket roll. I could see the cut of their uniform, their shortcut jackets. They had slouch, you know, hats with brims. And they were reacting to us. The cat was communicating with them. I don't have that ability but she said that they wanted us to leave they wanted us to go away I said are they threatening us she said no they're concerned for our safety so we um you can only stay on the battlefield until 10 o'clock at night during this time period later it closes earlier so we left and went to Little Round Top proper again we stopped where some of my ancestors fought and we saw a dark figure pacing back and forth with a gun. He's been reported in that area before. He's termed the sentry. He's believed to be a Union soldier. But then we started seeing lighter colored um, figures appearing. And they started walking toward us. And eventually there were about two dozen of them. None of these figures had guns, but I believe they were all Confederate soldiers. Um, well, they, again, with the Confederate, with the uniform, I do living history, so I'm familiar with the cuts of the uniform. The, they were semi-transparent, clearly human figures. I could not make out like facial features or like mm-hmm. individual fingers, but the cut of the uniform, the hats and they're gathering around reacting to us one of them cat said his name was Sam said he was connected to me I could find no Sam's among my ancestors in the Alabama Brigade but I could see him Mm -hmm. um he was short looked to be a little bit heavy set right one of the soldiers was almost within arm's reach of me and he was very tall I look and he was right there, and I was startled, and I jumped back, and And I know Kat saw the same thing, because she said, boy, he's a tall gomer, isn't he? Uh, I'm glad I had somebody with me, because I would have questioned my sanity had I been alone. And it got very cold. cat said, I started shivering, but I was so fascinated, I was not frightened, I did not want to leave. She became uneasy as they gathered around and got closer and closer, and she... She wanted to leave, so we did leave. But that, to me, was just an incredible, incredible experience.
0: Sounds like it. Do you think that as as the night gets later, that more that more of them come out, or do you think it's because she was psychic to begin with, and then you've obviously are attract you know you you attract them as well. So do so. You think it was a combination of that, or? Maybe the the later it gets at night, because it gets so quiet out there, the more the activity increases.
1: Um, I think the fact that we were there alone and it was at night, I I don't know that being night necessarily enters into it. But I do believe you can see them better at night. And also because we were there alone, I do believe the cat's um, abilities played into it. I have had other things happen in that area. I didn't know for, the, you know, for the longest time that I had ancestors there. I had not researched that branch mm-hmm. of my family, but when things kept happening there, I thought, "What's going on here?" So I started looking into it. And my great-great grandfather Frank Champion was captured at Little Round Top. I had a great-great-great uncle in the adjoining company. These were the 15th Alabama. Um, infantry, they were in the 15th Alabama that attacked Colonel Chamberlain's 20th Maine at Little Roundtop. Very famous action. The movie Gettysburg focuses on on that action. But, yeah, it's, I think it, it was a combination of maybe the weather. It was kind of a damp, still evening. Maybe that atmosphere played into it. But I've never had anything quite like that happen since or before.
0: Yeah, it could have been a combination of things. Now, the ones you saw, the apparitions you saw, were they aware of you there? Do you think?
1: They, they obviously, they were gathering around us, like okay. looking at us. Yeah, they were reacting to us. Um, one thing I regret, I did not. I, we were not there to investigate. You can't, you're not allowed to have the equipment on the field. I did not have a camera with me. We were in Cat's car and my camera was back in my car.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I didn't even think to try to get images with the phone. I was just so into the moment or try to get recordings on the phone. I, I could have done that and just, I was just overwhelmed almost by the experience.
0: Well, I've seen photos, you know, in, in, in some video of people that somehow get the this, this stuff that they're, they're driving along, like and in this one particular uh, video I saw recently, they're driving along and they're going by some cannons and then they pick up an apparition, kind of moving around the back of the cannons. You can't really make out what it is. It looks like a man standing there at one point. But I mean, um, it, yeah, I mean, what you experienced was incredible. I mean, I've never been there. I would love to go there myself. You know, because I can't even ima- begin to imagine. I know we've had civil war battles out here, but not, like, there. And the energy must be so high. You know, there's so much trauma that people went through. Cousins were fighting cousins. Brothers were fighting brothers. So that energy has has to be there, you know. And the question that I, I wonder if they're still, you know, if they're, if they're lingering there because of that energy or if they're still, like, in the middle of the battle.
1: Um. I, I think that they are aware that they have passed. Um, I think one of, the, one of the theories, and I believe there's some truth to this, is that they, because so many died and they were comrades, that they're there together. Um, I have a medium friend who has tried to get them to cross over. Mm-hmm. And they tell her they don't trust her, they don't believe her that what she's telling them is true, and they're they're here together and they just stay in this realm mm-hmm. by choice. That's, now that's it's a theory. I yeah, I, I don't know that to be a fact, but it's a I think it's a plausible theory.
0: Now let's go back to the other place you talked about because like you said the, the, the ghost there that that particular ghost knows you mm-hmm. do you think that you know go, going repeat you know go, going to a place back and forth for years that the, the, the ghosts actually do know who you are after a while
1: oh beyond a shadow of a doubt uh, this ghost I became acquainted with him my first ever investigation in their basement with a ghost box yeah we're asking, is anyone here? Yes. We know, were you a soldier? Yes. Were you a Union or Confederate? Rebel. So well, what unit were you in? And he said, Thirty-fourth Virginia. With that high number, I just assumed it was infantry. So I, don't, so I said, Oh, Virginia infantry? He said, No, cavalry. Like he was angry with me and he wouldn't talk to me the rest of that evening. But He, you know, we've come to conclude later he's actually a young boy who was a servant with that unit. And the 34th Virginia Battalion of of Cavalry was at Gettysburg, was at that location during the battle. And in the dirt of the basement, which was a Confederate field hospital, uh, the owners have found an officer's belt buckle of 34 cast in the brass in the middle of the buckle.
0: That's awesome. You know, maybe it's a case, too, where, like, I remember my father talking about, you know, registering for the war back in World War II and how there were certain uh, fields you didn't want to go into. Because on the Navy ships, the food was better. Mm -hmm. And then you didn't end up slogging, like he says, you know, because he was in the Coast Guard. So you didn't end up slogging, you know, like the dog-faced soldiers, you know, here's the Army. You know, their rations weren't that great. You know, they were, you know, eating crappy food and then then they were slogging through the mud. So maybe that's what, maybe that's why his attitude was different than, oh, yeah, you're in infantry? No, I'm in the cavalry.
1: Uh huh. Oh, and yeah, there was some animosity between those two branches. Yes. Right.
0: Oh, absolutely. I, I, I can completely understand that. Um, so as, as you got to know that particular ghost, and, and he got to know you was, was he a lot more open with you when you asked questions?
1: Um, <clears throat> yes, and no, they they're it's a very active place, and sometimes Jackson gets overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. but he will he will react. We've actually gotten him to move like balls and marbles um, on command. Um, he like I say he'll ask for me when I'm not there. Uh, probably the most remarkable thing that happened with Jackson, I was was uh, investigating with with another gentleman, actually a law enforcement officer, mm-hmm. um, and we were in the in the basement. We were the only two there, and we were about probably fifteen feet apart. And in between us as a trigger object was a reproduction of a wooden toy train from the period, and the cars were just placed haphazardly on the ground between us. Now, it was dark. I mean, I could see where he was. I know he did not get out of his chair. I did not get out of mine. We asked Jackson to play with the train. When we turned the light back on later, the cars were placed neatly parallel to each
0: other.
1: Wish I could have seen those move.
0: That is cool. That is really cool.
1: But mm-hmm. but Jackson will. Oh, he's even kind of insulted me. I hadn't been there for a while, so I was in the office or in the in the basement. Says hey, Jackson, yeah. So I'm here. Are you glad to see me? He says, oh yeah, bless your heart, which is a southern uh, insult of sorts, polite mm-hmm. insult.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so. You're not afraid. Like when you go to that place, I mean, because it was a hospital, obviously there, there's a ton of energy in there. I mean, there's always stories of these barns because they had so many bodies that they just piled bodies up in the barns and stuff in these, in these different places. I mean, have, have you, you haven't made anything negative there or anything? It's just, it's just these poor souls that, that you know, had these injuries.
1: Yeah, that, that's basically it. Now, there is one, a former owner. Of the place and he's actually the nasty one he swears i can't even begin to repeat a lot of what he will say through the ghost box and i guess the family that owned the farm during the civil war their descendants is who our friends bought it from and this gentleman by the name of sanders i guess was so mean that he would kick his children out when they turned like 16 just would kick them out of the house very nice. nasty, but as far as the, the military presence, no, I've never really felt threatened there at all. Park okay. Service told them they have at least 12 uh, Confederates buried on the property.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'd like to live someplace where somebody's buried on the property. It's just me, but, I mean, you know, even being a ghost hunter for as long as I have, I don't know. Some people would love it, but me? Mm-mm. You know, I'm just not into that thing. It's bad enough I got what's going on here anyway. <laughs> like your house, you know, there's enough action here to keep me occupied for a long time. And I don't do any EVP work or anything here either. I, I don't, you know, I know they're here. I just don't want to hear them. I'm fine with it. You know. Yeah,
1: that, that's how I am. I we, we don't investigate here. But
0: Do you find yourself sometimes because of the energy in, in your house that you're exhausted sometimes?
1: um i i have kind of learned to turn it off Mm -hmm. to just kind of get out of that but yeah there are times and often before i've kind of learned to key into the energy and like Mm -hmm. before something happens i'll often sense the shift in the energy Um most recent interesting thing that that happened to me, this was several months ago. I fell asleep in the recliner in my living room, and I woke up to have a young woman bending over me, looking at me. She was in very outmoded dress. Um, She had on a a white apron, kind of frizzy brown hair, clear as could be. And I know I wasn't dreaming because... Uh, I awoke, and I see this, and I set up immediately, and she backed off and smiled at me. By this time, I'm totally wide awake. She just looked at me, smiled, turned around, and walked away and kind of walked through the TV stand and then just disappeared. And I I wasn't frightened. I was startled. And it was 2.19 in the morning. I I looked at my phone. (laughs) And remember that.
0: Do you think it's because, you know, the, the more you're in contact with them, the more they're coming to you now because, because you're more open to it?
1: Um, I, I believe so. And my wife is very open and she has experiences and things will just happen out of the blue. Um, uh, the odd thing is like things will come up missing uh, that we know we put. You know, such a, such a place, and they'll show up somewhere we would, where we would never have put them. Mm-hmm. Uh, one time uh, before we moved in, I had a workbench set up in the living room. <clears throat> all of my straight slotted screwdrivers came up missing one day. I opened the drawer; Phillips were still there, but the straight slotted ones were all gone. Mm-hmm. Over the next month or so, I found them all in odd places. Just stashed places.
0: See, it's too bad you can't get them to use them and fix stuff around the house. Wouldn't that help, huh? Hey,
1: that would be handy. Hey, actually, uh, one of the owners of the house uh, was a carpenter built houses mm-hmm. and so forth. So. Put them to
0: work for you. Get them exactly. to help you out a little bit. You know? Do you think, um, well, like I said, do you think that you've had the ability to to be in contact with ghosts a long time ago or do you think it's just something that happened later on, you know, you know, world, like I said earlier uh, before we started the interview where it had to take a bunch of, it had to take things lined up in a row to sort of say to, to bring that out on you.
1: Uh, yeah. I think I just kind of pushed that away mm-hmm. and rationalized it away until I had the overwhelming experiences here and I've kind of learned to tune into it, and I recognize things that happened mm-hmm. to me before that that is being paranormal, and I did not recognize it or sure. would not recognize it.
0: Sure, sure, sure. And you're very respectful to them, so they're respectful back for the most part.
1: Yeah, uh, for the for the most part. Like I say, once my wife had um, uh, actually... Um, a pewter beer stein that belonged to her dad she has on a dresser in her bedroom that went flying off one morning and took out a picture of her mom and dad um and and broke the frame broke the glass in the frame and it's the same kind of thing she said don't do that again and that's the only experience like that she's had but for the most part it's very benign usually usually sounds or smells okay cool cool
0: cool now we'll jump back over the battlefields. Um, do you feel an energy? I mean, when you step out of, out of the field, you know, when you first arrived, do you feel any kind of energy when you're out there?
1: Um, yeah, sometimes I do, and sometimes I don't. Like once driving through uh, across the area of Pickett's Charge when I first arrived, on one of my trips, it was a very, very intense energy. Um, <clears> At <throat> yeah, different battlefields, I have actually had experiences where i see in my mind's eye what happened there um the first time it happened i chalked it off to being tired because we had driven most of the night to get there Mm -hmm. and i knew what happened and i kind of chalked it up to an active imagination Mm -hmm. but this was before my paranormal experiences with the house Now when that happens, I recognize it. I had a very intense experience on East Cemetery Hill at Gettysburg. Uh, My friend was with me. They thought I'd had a stroke because I was standing there. I couldn't talk. And in my mind's eye, I'm seeing darkness, muzzle flashes, sensing confusion. Uh, I didn't know what happened there at that time. When I got home and researched it, I found out that's where the... uh, where the Louisiana Tigers, uh, Confederates, overran some of the Federals, pushed them back among the cannon. And then the Confederate or the Union got reinforcements, pushed them back. What I saw in my mind's eye is exactly what happened there.
0: And was that battle during the day or night?
1: It was at night. Okay. It was just after dark on the second day of the battle.
0: Wow! See, so you are getting more psychic as, as you go on.
1: It kind of, uh, people who are psychic tell me you can sharpen those abilities, and I do believe that, that I I am very limited in my abilities sure. compared to some people, almost non-existent, but I do at times have some things happen.
0: Well, there's nothing wrong with that, you know? And maybe, you know, your mind, too. I, I always believe, too, that our ability, the abilities that we have are given to us somewhere. And I think that they'll limit, you know, depending on, on how your mindset is or how they feel about you. Whoever, you know, whoever it is, is what I'm saying, whoever's controlling all this, they they give you as much as you can handle.
1: I think there's a lot of truth there. And I have uh, <clears throat> done a lot of research um, and I believe that our energies do survive our death. I think the evidence is overwhelming in that account
0: now do you think because i like like you joke know, about things like get like gettysburg or even your, your own house i mean do you think that it has to be a traumatic experience that that happened to somebody when they passed for that energy to survive or do you think like with the little girl even though she had cancer your house was probably a happy place to be and that's why she likes to hang out there so you think it's yeah. a handful of both or you think it's more so when a trauma occurs
1: um I think it, it can be it doesn't have to be. I think the shared trauma of the battlefields uh plays a role there. I think the I think the spirits kind of hang out together mm-hmm. yeah, and I think that is a big part of that because there's so much death in one place but but no, I think a lot of times like he's like that the little girl, yeah, it was her happy place. Mm-hmm. And I believe that's why she's here. I think that is kind of the case with uh with Henry and Margaret Miller, the former owners. I mean they died I don't think a traumatic death. I believe it was an illness but mm-hmm. but they they still seem to be here
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there's probably like I said, a lot of energy because it was used for the, you know the underground railroad too so you got that energy of having to hide people and the people that were hidden. Mm -hmm. So tell me what's next for you
1: Well I uh, Am working on a couple of books I had talked about my experience on East Cemetery Hill at Gettysburg Mm -hmm. Um, I looked into that and that actually Was the spot that the 107th Ohio fought And that was a German unit and I believe that happened to me because they want their story told. They were treated very badly.
0: Okay.
1: They had very bad luck at Chancellorsville in May of 1863. Um, their brigade was the right flank of the Army, and half the Confederate Army came crashing down, swept them away. Uh, they were accused of being cowardly. Uh, their core badge was the Crescent Moon. They were called the Running Half Moons. At Gettysburg, then in July 1863, the same thing happened. Their brigade is the right flank of the Union Army. Half the Confederate Army crashed through, uh-huh. sent them running. Um, they, Their colonel, who was wounded at Chancellorsville, came back and actually was trying to rally soldiers in downtown Gettysburg while the Confederates are crashing through. But he was separated from part of his unit, so he was charged with cowardice and arrested. He was acquitted at his court-martial because he was anything but a coward. But, so I'm writing a book on the 107th Ohio at Chancellorsville in Gettysburg and how the Germans were, were treated poorly.
0: Fantastic. I can't, I can't wait to read it. It's going to be a good book.
1: And uh, I'm working on also a project, just really the best uh, available evidence uh, into the afterlife. All right. Continuation of our consciousness after death. A lot of interesting interesting, uh, evidence.
0: Absolutely. How can people find you?
1: Um, you can find me online. Um, my wife and I have a small publishing house, Faded Banner Publications. You can find me at fadedbanner dot com or i met a for the okay. paranormal books.
0: Fair enough. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I really enjoyed it. I was looking forward to this, and it's 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 fun to hear the view of of, of a journalist. You know. When you look at this stuff like you did, because that's what I had to do was hunker down and do the research and find out what the heck could be going on, you know. Because we're just not going to say, "Hey, we have a ghost." Woo, 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 woo. We're going to look into all this stuff. So that's what we do. So yeah, it was really yeah. fun to talk with you, and I really appreciate you coming on.
1: Well, I appreciate you reaching out. Yeah, when I got your email asking me to come on, I said, oh, fellow journalists, you bet, I love the chance to uh, to be on this show.
0: I would love to have you on again when when you get your next book done too.
1: That sounds good. I would love to do that. I've enjoyed the experience.
0: All right, sir. Well, you have a good evening. I know it's late for you in Ohio. And say hi to the fireflies for me because I just love those fireflies. My father was born and grew up in Ohio, so we, I've been back several times you know, with him over the years. And I remember going out on the summer nights and seeing those fireflies. Loved it.
1: Yeah, a little early for them, but they'll be here soon enough.
0: Fair enough. Thank you, and you have a good evening, okay?
1: You too. Thanks for right. having me on.
0: You know. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Okay, that was really fun. I mean, that was fantastic. I, I would love to get to Gettysburg someday and and, and and see what he's seen. You know, you don't get to see that every day. Anyway, uh, tomorrow's guest is going to be Matthew Alper, And we're kind of shifting gears because Matthew Albert, uh, Alper believes that it's all in your head. That our beliefs, our religious beliefs they don't come genetically or, or, you know, or anything like that. He, he believes that that it's in the brain. You know, that that, that, we're, that, that we're somehow pre, pre-programmed, predispositioned to believe in religions and stuff. So he's going to explain his theory tomorrow. And so he'll be here at 6.30 p.m. Pacific. I want to thank our guest once again, Don Allison. My gosh, that was great. It was fun talking to a fellow journalist about this stuff. I really, really enjoyed it again. Um. Let's see. If you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show, share it with five of your enemies. We're equal opportunity here at California Haunts Radio. And I want to thank uh, thank you guys for joining. Again, so please subscribe to our YouTube page. We're also on TikTok, so you want to check us out, check out California Haunts. We're over there on TikTok. I'm I'm posting short videos for each one of these interviews I do, so you you can check that out. Plus, I'm going to be doing other things on TikTok as well. Uh, You want to visit the radio site, that's californiahauntsradio.com, or our paranormal site is californiahaunts.org. Now, on the radio site, because sometimes it's hard to find our YouTube site, that's the easiest way to find us. You go to the radio site, click on a video there, it'll take you over to the YouTube site. Also, I've got all our archives going back for the last two years, and you can check that out, as well as some of our Blog Talk archives, because we've not only been on the air here, we've been on the air for like eight, nine years over at Blog Talk Radio. So you can check all that out. The other thing I want to announce is put June 23rd on your calendar because June 23rd is going to be the 200th show of this version of California House radio. So we're going to have a little party here. We're going to have giveaways. I have some ghostly books you guys will be interested in and we're going to do giveaways and special guests and all that good stuff. So put that on your calendar. Anyway, it's been great being with everybody and I want to thank Don again one more time. And I'm going to go ahead and uh, show you guys his books and, uh, and where you can get them. And uh, I really appreciate all of you coming tonight because I know it's the end of a holiday weekend. You're just getting home or just just digesting after your barbecues. You know, I, I know what it's like this weekend. First first weekend of summer. I know I did a lot of yard work this weekend. But, uh, yeah, thank you guys for coming. And I will see you tomorrow. So here we go. So his website is i imetaghost.com. So let's remember that. I hope I got that right. But yeah. And then the book is, I Met a Ghost in Gettysburg. And the second book is, I Met More Ghosts in Gettysburg. And of course, you can get them at Amazon.com. Anyway, again, thank you, Don, for coming on. I so appreciate it. And I will see all you guys tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. Pacific.